Hello. Uh, welcome to Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house. Uh, before we begin today's episode, we did want to go ahead and just address something that was kind of brought up this past week. Uh, it is something that's a little bit more serious of a tone, usually on this podcast, where we're filled with jokes. Um, we'll definitely be joking when we talk about the episode in a little bit, um, but we wanted to just first address this. Uh, so before we do talk about it, uh, we want to give a brief trigger warning. Uh, there is the topic of child abuse and sexual abuse within it. Uh, and so if this is uh, something that you would like to hear more of, you can stay on. If it's something that you uh, would like to just go ahead and skip through, uh, we'll put a time in the show notes below where you can skip to the beginning of uh, our regular programming. All right, so I'm just going to give a brief moment for anyone to find that time and then go there. Um, all right. And so uh, what it is that we want to talk about today is a story came across uh, our desk. Uh, and the story is from March 15th, 2019. Um, Ren, uh, I'm going to have you read it and then we'll kind of just just give a few things right. about it afterwards. Okay. Okay. So Joel Goldstein uh, wrote this for people.com on March 15th, 2019. Headline, Disney star Kyle Massey sued for allegedly sending sexually explicit material to a 13-year-old girl. Tagline, the former Disney Channel star is being sued for at least $1.5 million after he allegedly sent a series of sexually explicit text messages, photos, and videos to the 13-year-old girl. So here's the body of the paragraph itself. Mm -hmm. Kyle Massey is being sued after he allegedly sent explicit text, videos, and photos to a teen in December. And this is December of uh, 2018 in reference. Mm -hmm. So Massey, best known for his role as Corey Baxter on That's So Raven, was sued on Friday by a 13-year-old girl for sending explicit matter to a minor, attempting to commit a lewd act with a minor, annoying or molesting a minor, and emotional distress according to court documents obtained by People. Representatives for Massey did not immediately respond to People's request for comment. In the lawsuit, the girl, who was not named because she is a minor, said she met Massey, 27, when she was four years old at Universal City with her mom. Because the girl was interested in pursuing a career in entertainment, the pair kept in contact over the years, with Massey offering to help in, develop, in developing a bond with her family, according to the court documents. The girl and her mother, who was, no, who was also not named in the suit, claimed that Massey had held himself out as a father figure to the young girl. Their communication restarted again in November 2018 when the teen texted Massey and explained that she would be interested in auditioning for a reboot of his spinoff series, Corey in the House. The actor even allegedly planned to have the girl, who was from Seattle, live with him and his girlfriend in Los Angeles while he helped her find an agent. During their communications, Massey was allegedly informed over a series of text messages included in the court documents that the girl was in eighth grade and four years away from graduation. In December 2018, Massey allegedly requested to be friends with the girl on Snapchat. Shortly after, the girl claimed Massey sent her numerous ex sexually explicit text messages, images, and videos. The girl is now suing the actor for at least $1.5 million, according to the lawsuit. Yeah. Um, and so these are uh, allegations that obviously we we wanted to address uh, just because we, we podcast about uh, Corey in the House, all things Corey in the House. We've talked about Kyle Massey before. Um, regarding this story, so uh, in terms of follow-up, not much was really reported on afterwards. So it's uh, kind of unknown as to any like additional details or what the, the follow-up was. Uh, and Ren, we don't really think that like we want to like comment or necessarily speculate yeah, about I it. 
it's not really our place. Yeah, uh, but we, we did want to definitely address it, let folks know that we are um, aware of it, uh, and then also just share out the, uh, like, if you suspect child abuse, call the Child Help National Child Abuse Hotline at one 800 4 a child or 1-800-422-4453. You can also go to childhelp.org. Um, all calls are toll free, they're confidential. Um, the hotline is available 24 seven in more than 170 languages. Um, and then uh, additionally, uh, just kind of like in note with this, uh, the general idea here is like believe women, believe children, uh, right? And so if we wanna create a culture of healing we got to do that. And so that, that concept definitely comes across here as well. Um, anything else with that piece, Ren? I don't think so. I think we yeah. addressed exactly what we need to address. Cool. cool. Um, and then in terms of like how it affects our programming, um, I think we're both feeling like we're more comfortable with shining less of a spotlight onto the actor, Kyle Massey. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it doesn't make sense to give him uh, any more of a, a spotlight than we perhaps already have. And so with that, we're not going to do a, we had talked about doing like a Kyle Massey focused week where we watched some, some movies with him. We're not going to do that anymore. Um, we will still be going ahead with the Hannah Montana episode since he's not um, necessarily directly involved with that. And so we'll, we'll release that as a bonus episode. Uh, sometime in June. So that way, Corey in the house, our watch through will end on July 4th. So overall, just some general info that we wanted to, to send out there, make sure that everyone knows um, that this has, has come up to us. Um, we're aware. And uh, again, in general, just, just uh, believe women, believe children. And um, we really need to, to focus on that piece. So um, thank you all for this. And now we will uh, go ahead with our regular programming. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house. My name is Bryce Henderson. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Today we'll be discussing season two, episode eight of Corey in the house titled Making the Braid. Uh, this is episode number 29 of our podcast. And with us, as always, to break down all things Corey in the house is one Renan Fontes. Ren, how's it going? Bryce, it's going great. It's another beautiful day in the White House U.S. <laughs> The White House U.S. <laughs> well, they're going to make D.C. its own state, right? Yeah. And so that's what it's going to be. They're going to just rename the state uh, White House. <laughs> well, White House will be the, the capital. The city. capital? And what's the state going to be called? Uh, D.C. So it's going to be D.C. White House? Yes. Uh, will be, well, hold on. Uh, no, you say that it'll be White House D.C. White House D.C. U.S. U.S.A. Yeah. Wow. What a place. What a place to be. Um, yeah. So that's, who knows if DC becomes a state, that's going to be something wild. There'll be 51 states. I'll have to find room for a star. That's my biggest concern, Ren. Really? That's your biggest concern? Not a 51st quarter? 
51st. Oh my gosh. The, see, there's so many things I haven't thought about. If we have 51 states, like 50 feels like such a good number. Like you're, everyone who has like those little quarter portfolios with all this 50 state quarters, they're just, they have to get a new one now. They'll have to carve out a little like hole in the corner. For Inco- this is where, this is where the White House DC quarter is going to need to go. Um, yeah, it's, there's so much terror with it. Uh, to be a 50 first state um how many presidents have we had 46 yeah right yeah because so 45 yeah so we're on 46 now um i always feel like we're like right around that 50 range with the presidents and we are in our lifetime uh potentially potentially you right you never know you never know what do you know that i don't um you'll find out you'll find out we'll definitely see um the 51st something in our lifetime i don't know about that no bryce i don't know about the the next president yeah so 51 i know that we're like we're starting off so off topic today but like so world war ii happened right when it was happening was it like this is the second world war or was it like at what point was it oh this is the second world war like we're doing this again this is the good, sequel. Good question. Mm-hmm. I was reading, I once read an Encyclopedia Brown mm-hmm. where uh, the big twist was that the sword that the kid was investigating was from, was, was a fake. Mm-hmm. Cause it said from world war one on it, but back then before world war two, world war one was, just... was called the great war. Oh, so th- yeah. So uh, that's interesting to me. So then they rebranded the first world war. Yeah, it went through a rebranding to probably make the sequel um, stand kind of out more. Up a bit. Yeah, and then like because my question is, if we're in a if we get a third world war, um, at what point does it become World War Three? Like, will we know that we're living in World War Three? And how many? Uh, sorry, I have so many questions about it. How much <laughs> of the world will need to be involved for it to be a World War Three? Good question. Mm-hmm. Is it a I percentage? Like at least two global superpowers, right? because mm-hmm. then naturally that kind of like creates a domino effect where yeah people have to like align right yeah it's once once you have that like pretty much it's like two two big parties okay uh all right great um <laughs> let's talk cory in the house that's the thing that we do here uh no so actually before we we do even more we have uh housekeeping ren okay. to talk about um we have the newsletter went out this week Big That's right, us. it did. Nicole got theirs. Yeah. So, uh, what'd they think? They loved it. Good. Good. Uh, yeah, so the newsletter went out this week. It had in it a link to start voting on the sequel to Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house. So, well... Can you um, see the results to the poll? What'd you say? Can you see the results to the poll? Uh, I think so. Can you check and tell me who's winning? Um, you don't I, have to like I, say it on the podcast. Yeah, I was just gonna say it. I'll, I'll do it off podcast for okay. um, hype sake, and then I'm gonna post uh, a general. Right, we decided that there'll be a general vote. Yeah, as well for it. So I'll post that one sometime, uh, probably tomorrow. Actually, I want that up, and we'll get some hype with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also screen rant rated us the number three pod. Uh, what is it? Television rewatch podcast. That's right. So. That was a surprise. 
a big surprise. <laughs> we're uh, so Zach Braff and uh, what is Donald Faison, and then Angela and oh, what's her name on The Office? Plays Pam. Uh, Jane? Jenna, Fisher. Jenna, Jenna Fisher. Yes. Um, I couldn't think of my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the best of us um yes so they're yeah they're the only ones better than than we are which is great uh and they linked our instagram that's right our instagram with absolutely no content whatsoever yes uh it was there i, I know i've told you i don't know if i've mentioned it on the podcast before but i did make an instagram for us as like a, a placeholder to have uh and now it's it's public ren it's out there I think this is a sign that we should start using it. That we need to start using our Instagram. Yeah. We should start posting our episodes on there. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm down for that. My, I got to figure out how to do screenshots of the show that we watch because that would be prime content for Instagram. And I've tried so, so hard and just can't figure out how to screenshot shows. Um, because I know how to screenshot, but screenshotting like a, it's like a copyrighted show, so it just gives you a black like a black screen. That's what I need to figure out how to not do that. Get a very high quality camera to take pictures of the TV screen. Of the TV screen, I need yeah, high quality camera and high quality screen um, to do it. So, uh, Ren, have you uh, other housekeeping? We have uh, the bridge. <laughs> have you heard of the bridge? I haven't. What is it? Uh, it's a reality show where uh, 12 strangers have uh, 20 days to build 850 feet of bridge in the water to get to 100 grand on the other side. Are you enjoying it? It was six episodes. I watched it all. It was pretty good. Did they get to it? Yeah, they did. Uh, with a second, like uh, 10 seconds to spare. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was wild. There's some cutthroat stuff really good choices made some bad choices made 850 feet Ren, would you be able to do that i don't know i feel like i get scared you get well they're living in like the wilderness so it's on the water all right it's not up high it's not a up high bridge all right so this, this might be better then for me okay um yeah no they were given some supplies and then the rest they had to like cut down on their own it was wild thrilling hbo max you should audition it's UK. It's British. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I know. All the best reality shows are British, Ren. Bake Off. The Great British Bake Off? Yeah. Should I be on that? That's also a UK show. That's all or, right. Or are you just saying UK shows? I'm just saying UK shows. Uh, the Office UK. Extras. IT Crowd. Derek. Um, Doctor Who. The Inbetweeners. Skins. Friday Night Dinner. No, I think you got me. Nice. <laughs> that was a fun game of uh, <laughs> British TV shows. <laughs> Who can name the most British TV shows? And I'm sure... <laughs> okay, I think we're like 10, 15 minutes in or something. I don't know how, how far in we are, but we got to talk about Corey in the house. Yeah. We got to do it. Uh, making the braid. Uh, what did you think of this episode? Stop. Corey time. I feel I'm getting Corey in the house burnout. <laughs> I don't know how much more I can take. But this, I think this episode was absurd. It, it's definitely absurd. Like, it, th- that's the thing. That's where my burnout is coming in. Like, 
Corey in the house is pushing the limits of absurdity, and it is testing my patience. They have no clue what to do, but they have episodes that they need to make. Uh, And so they did this. They gave us this episode. I Um, feel like this episode really (laughs) exemplified, for the first time in a long while, the writer's tendency to just go for the surface level, whatever joke comes first, and stick with it. Yes. Yeah, they, they only had, they had like a deadline. They only had one intern that they could use to write this episode. And they said, intern, you got to write it. You got to go quick. Got to make the deadline. It's, it is very surface level humor here. We got Mina talking about Bahavia a lot again. Um, it's, Candy is in here just for relationship jokes now. So even she's been shoehorned. Uh, and Newt's back. But is it even exciting to have him back? It's not. They waste him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Imagine if they'd done this episode uh, in a week that, like, one of the last two weeks where we didn't have Newt. Would have been better, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would have been fine but to do that. As a Newt comeback, very underwhelming. Yeah. Uh, he goes through a rebranding in this episode, though. A rebranding think... that sticks and never gets reversed by the end. Yeah, so we'll see if next week if they're doing the same thing. Uh, so the episode opens, Candy is braiding Mina's hair, right? Uh, and Mina is like reading a magazine and giving instructions to Candy on how to braid. And then uh, asks Newt, so Corey comes by and Candy's like, hey, Newt, hold on to Mina's hair for a second so I can talk to Corey, right? So Newt holds on to it and uh, Candy and Corey go to talk about their relationship. Candy wants to define the relationship. We just did this. <laughs> I, I felt like right? I had deja vu. Yeah. Did, we just started an episode with this exact thing. Um, I feel like this is this is just going to be them for the rest of the series. Yeah. It's like, are they dating? Are they not dating? Yeah. So Candy wants to define it um, as something more than just friends who sometimes date. Which we, we did. But that's yeah. beside the point. Exhausting. Corey... Uh, yeah, so Corey doesn't want Candy interacting with other guys. We get that same vibe again that we got last week. Uh, or is it what episode? Uh, last week was not that one, two weeks ago. Uninvited Pest? Uninvited Pest, they didn't talk about relationship. It was two weeks ago. Oh, that, we don't have chemistry. Yeah, yeah. That we had all that. So, um, and now they camera pans back over, and Newt has finished braiding uh, Mina's hair. Just like that. Incredible. He's uh, really good at off-screen braiding. Really good at it. Uh, and people always tell Newt that he looks like a braider. What does that mean? I mean, have you seen his hands? They're nimble. They're swift. Yeah. Yes. Uh, is, that, <laughs> is that what it has to do? People, I don't know if this is strange. Growing up, people would look at me and they'd say that my fingers were meant for piano players to play the piano that's like a true story i'm not (laughs) i don't know if that's a normal thing but people would look at my hands and they'd be like oh like do you play piano like you should play piano you have long fingers how interesting we should get you like white michael jackson gloves i bet uh, that's like a look that people with long fingers can can pull off is that (laughs) what else can people with long fingers do I, i can um you can wear a lot of Can't rings on one finger. Cos- cosplay as Edward Scissorhands and not need to put scissor attachments on. 
Yeah, that's uh, um, you can do like scary finger tricks, like <laughs> what, like the dad trick of like pull, like uh, pretending to pull off a thumb, like that, yeah, like, like more, more nefarious because your yes. fingers are longer. Because they're yeah, so I can maybe do it to like my middle finger instead. <laughs> uh, cool, that sounds really cool, Ren. I'll have to look that up afterwards. <laughs> maybe I'll get on to uh, that uh, the magic show with Penn and Teller that they do, and I'll trick them. <laughs> be like oh Bryce like we don't know how you did it we were distracted by your long fingers so uh, so this episode right uh, there's some questionable racial issues here and I want to address it at the top of the show so we're not having to go back into this well over and over Bryce are you by chance talking about Mr. Michelle I'm talking about uh, the stereotype that is Mr. Michelle. I'm talking about the use of braiding, which uh, is appropriated. It's from uh, initially African countries. And the renaming of Newt to Newt Juan. All of that. Yeah, There's this, a list. This is like a fully loaded episode. Uh, big yikes, for sure. Uh, it's like the writers didn't... so. Like, you gotta think, the writers, so they wrote Mr. Michelle definitely in the way that he is portrayed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, they knew what they wanted. They casted on purpose, I'm sure, for for the, the person who they got, for um, this, like, stereotypical, um, like... Like, angry black man character, right? Yes, like, exactly. Um, and so, there's that. And then, they, like... How did I just gotta think that the whiter the there was this this, um the writer's room sorry the writer's room is a bunch of white people forgetting that they're writing a show that has a uh, diverse cast like a racially diverse cast right um so because we just have like so many jokes that don't land so many jokes that are over the top here and uh the use of braiding the overuse of braiding here is offensive at one point we see newt um braiding a white girl and giving her cor- cornrows yep um so it's just yikes all around um and it's not the first time we've seen something like this on cory in the house but i think it's the first time that it's been so apparent through the whole episode yeah i think this is the first time that Mm -hmm. like because Corey in the house has had issues with race in the past and Mm -hmm. depictions of race just like sometimes inherently sometimes just by nature of Corey being a black protagonist who the world hates Mm -hmm. but this episode it felt like it was really channeling stereotypes yes or comedy and truly getting nothing out of it because i mean at the end of the day this is, this is a disney channel show mm-hmm. like this isn't the kind of show that's mature or intelligent enough to use stereotypes in a way that's you know commentary and funny without know, yeah you know what i'm saying i, I do um something yes. like community can pull it off yes yeah we're, we're it's um it's there's a message within yeah. it right um or even like you look at a show uh, like Atlanta, like written by mm-hmm. Donald Glover and starring him as well. Uh, have you seen Atlanta, Ren? 
I've seen the first season and loved it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And like, I know we're, we're comparing at this point, apples and oranges, right? Disney Channel show versus um, an, F, an FX show. But yeah. like, you got to think, and that's something I always push for is like represent the people who you have, like the people who are on screen should be represented by who's in the writing room. Mm-hmm. Like those two things have to connect. And here where we have um, this writer's room that clearly is not connected at all with the cultures represented on screen. No. We get an episode like this. Uh, so. And like, it's diluted down for on a level for children that at this point it's not even digestible. Yeah. No, There's it, no I don't like every Disney Channel show has to contend with making everything palatable for kids. When you play into these stereotypes, the mm-hmm. only thing you're left for children are the ugly parts because you can't like comment on anything meaningfully. Yeah. Yeah, there 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 is no commentary here. Um it's just yeah, not done uh, skillfully or tactfully in any way, shape, or form. So I just wanted to, to kind of have that discussion because as we talk through the episode and there's a huge <laughs> emphasis on braiding and hairstyling and, and all of this, um, it, yeah, I just wanted to, to make sure that we addressed it as well. So, all right. Uh, in our next scene, uh, Corey walks into the room. Uh, he's at home, walks into the living room, Daddy, you will never guess Victor's there. Uh, Daddy, you will never guess who knows uh, who. You will never guess who knows how to braid hair. Newton. Newton. Victor perks right up. I loved this line. It was this, very this funny. Whole scene felt like it was ripped out of That's So Raven for me. Yeah. Like yeah, really that... good energy between Corey and Victor. Yeah, uh, and, and so Victor immediately was just like, oh. Uh, like, I know exactly who you're talking about. And he even says he looks like a braider, which is a nice follow-up to Newton saying that he gets told often that he looks like a braider. So, um, yeah, Victor immediately knew what he was talking about. And Victor, uh, you know, the scene has to change tone a little bit because, unfortunately, great-great-aunt Lucille passed away. Mm -hmm. Who cares, right? I mean, realistically, that's how the show portrays it, right? (laughs) She's dead. Corey now has a bag of money. <laughs> Not intended. <laughs> and he's handed a bag of money because Lucille, who didn't uh, use banks, kept money in her mattress and now has willed it to Corey. Um, the money, though, is for school, right? It's for college. Yeah, it's his college fund. So it has to... Victor takes it and he's going to say, I'm going to put this... He says, I'm going to put this in the freezer. And... Corey's like, oh, because I like that must be 80 slang for uh, the bank, right? Corey's actually thinking of bread box. Bread box. That's what Victor specifies for him. No, you're thinking of bread box. Uh, I'm putting it in the freezer because I can't make it to the bank till Monday. Ren, is that a good reason to put money in the freezer? I, <laughs> I don't understand. Is this a thing people do? Money in the freezer? I don't think so. Like, I, it would get wet and icy. And is it even good at that point? Can money what? get destroyed in the freezer? Why wouldn't Victor just put the money in his bedroom? I don't know. Yeah, or hide it. Just not tell Corey where it is. That easy. Instead, he's going to put it in the freezer. It's because the Corey and the house writers thought of the freezer joke <laughs> and then never thought about the scenario again. But they, the way the joke is set up, it's like we're meant to ask for an explanation, right? I 
I maybe would have questioned like why the freezer, but the show literally makes us ask why the freezer. Corey says why the freezer, and we don't get a reasonable explanation. We just have to accept it. Mm-hmm. It's where bags of money go. It's like magic in Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. You just accept <laughs> that it works. Yeah. <laughs> Money in the freezer is like magic in Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, like a shadow baby. Yes, it's. Just, I forgot about the shadow baby. Because <laughs> as you said that, I was thinking about what is the like. I know Game of Thrones has dragons, but I was trying to think of what other magic there was. Uh, there was like uh, the there's witch blood magic. There's red magic. Yeah, yeah. There's different magic in it. Um. All right, in the kitchen. Right, so Victor goes to put the money in the freezer. Sophie and Tanisha are there. Best friends. BFFs, again, after the whole uh, presidential race debacle in their classroom. They have a birthday party for Haley coming up. Right? And they want to dress as inappropriately as possible. What? (laughs) What an insane B-plot, right? (laughs) They weren't even like, so <laughs> I, I got it like between what we were just talking about with like the, the racial stereotypes in this episode and this B plot, I didn't, I've watched this episode one and a half times, Ren. I didn't make it through to the end because I was just so uncomfortable. Wow. Really? With what we're given. Um, yes. And so I didn't see the resolution of this plot. The resolution of it, uh, I thought was, was relatively funny, but um dang like the writers literally have sophie and tanisha saying um so first they like pick out outfits in a gossip magazine it's victor's right yeah uh so they're picking out outfits for Haley's party and they're like oh let's ask our parents if we can wear it martinez comes down <laughs> conveniently i guess what else does he have to do other than walk through the kitchen and try to get his own ice cream uh he's pointed out to a outfit worn by one tiffany star did you see the outfit, Ren? Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, it's pretty hideous to be completely honest. Yeah, it's I would say it's, it's like a black and white pantsuit, right? Yeah, it's like a uh, exactly. And then there's like some um, I don't know what the correct term is. Like the belly button is showing. Um, uh, otherwise, like I didn't think it was the most like quote unquote inappropriate thing. I just thought it was. Like, not appropriate, probably for someone of that age to be wearing, right? Yeah, it's not something so, you kid would wear, but it's not no. inappropriate clothing in, like, in the sense that Corey in the house is trying to mean. Yes. So, Martinez sees it. Uh, he makes the, the correct parent call here, which is rare. <laughs> this is not in his wheelhouse. <laughs> a, rare, a rare lucid moment from <laughs> President Martinez. As he came down, rubbing his stomach, hoping for ice cream. Uh, <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm just laughing at the the idea of Martinez uh, being so out of it so much of the time, uh, and that they just <laughs> happen to catch him on the right moment here, uh, where I he's mean, able to look. He's watching the show. Yeah, uh, so he looks at the outfit in the magazine. He deems it. He says that doesn't look appropriate. Um, and so now Sophie and Tanisha quote unquote, like want to wear something quote unquote inappropriate to Haley's party. Like I. This it's the Corey and the House writers wanting to write a sitcom plot where mm-hmm. Sophie wants to wear inappropriate clothing, but they aren't yep. clever enough 
to you know create some kind of metaphor for that mm -hmm. so they just have sophie saying that she wants to wear inappropriate clothing mm -hmm. something that exactly no child would ever say no it's how children behave no so exactly and it's not like um so the the intent is there to be like sophie and tanisha want to wear clothes that uh a teenager might wear right yeah. they want to dress cool that's what this is. Basically, this is, that's, that's they want to, what it is. Yeah, they want to uh, wear new, cool, popular clothing. That's what this is. Uh, but the writers were just like, let's make it about appropriate versus inappropriate. And like, yes, it is inappropriate for a girl, Sophie and Tanisha's age, to be wearing the clothes in this magazine. But like, that's not the, the, the storyline that they're going for. And more importantly, mm -hmm. the clothes in that, magazine, in that magazine would never be made in a children's version for Sophie and Tanisha. No. It'd be, the, it'd be, it's clothing clearly for adult women. Yes, that's, a, I didn't even think about that, right? That's a great point. Um, it, it's an important point. It is. So, um, Tanisha's plan is that they're going to go to the mall with Tanisha's sister, get some cool big sister. Yeah, to get some cool clothes so they can change in the bathroom at Haley's party. Okay. It's, it's like the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. of a sitcom b-plot and like i'm sure i i'm pretty sure so arthur i know arthur the pbs show yes has a, an episode in which muffy and francine do this um to fit in with francine's older sister right um they're handled with tact uh we don't have francine and muffy saying that they want to dress inappropriately uh, but, you know, not everyone can write to the level of PBS's Arthur. Bryson, Ren, and Arthur in, Arthur the, house? in the house. I mean, I would, I, I love Arthur. Me too. Uh, I was a big fan growing I up. I really like Arthur. <sighs> uh, so, um, did you know Salted Yak's belly in Bahavia, Ren? Classic. It's, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get the joke out. Uh, it's it's uh, a good place to store valuables in Bahavia. Um, Every Bahavia joke is the same. And Corey says, why? And Mina's like, would you want to put your hand in a salted yak's belly? And I feel so bad for Myra Walsh because there's not a chance anyone in the live audience laughed. Not a chance. And she's just given such terrible material. What a thankless job. Uh, so in this scene, they're at school on the quad. There's a line for Newt to braid girls' hair. Because why wouldn't there be? Yep. Because uh, that's they're now going to him instead of Mr. Michelle, and Newt is doing it for it free. Here. Yeah. I don't, Newt doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who regularly washes his hands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i didn't see I, yeah that's a great point and I, he doesn't have a beautician's license so i'm sure he's not washing his hands in between touching hair there's yeah. a lice situation at uh washington prep it's not gonna be good newt will be at the center of it patient zero mm -hmm. um so there's strict rules about running a business on school grounds says candy to Corey, and as a result um newt has to go right he can't do it there 
Well, Newt can do it there so long as he keeps doing it for free, but Corey wants to immediately monetize it. That's naturally what happens when you have your best friend with a talent. You How- think the point of this episode would be that Corey shouldn't make money off Newt's talents? I don't think that thought is ever uh, directly addressed or given to, to the audience. At, no, at one point, mm-hmm. Newt even thanks Corey. Yeah, Corey, you're the best. I'm so glad that you're doing this for me. Um, yeah, so because they can't run a business on school grounds and Corey wants to monetize Newt's hair braiding skills, um, Corey uses the money from the college fund in the freezer to buy a barber shop. <laughs> this was like this is the stupidest thing okay i'm gonna look up uh washington dc real estate right now yeah tell me how much how much money did great great aunt what's her face leave Corey? <laughs> So he had enough money as a high school boy to buy a barber shop. Mm-hmm. All right, Bryce. Yes. So uh, the the salons I'm seeing for sale in Washington D.C. are two hundred thousand dollars, one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, ninety thousand dollars, and one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Yeah. So Corey was going to go to some college. That's for sure. Corey didn't even need to go to college. He no. could just put that in savings and coasted. Um, instead, he he bought a barber shop. That's a great point. Yeah, so he that with one hundred seventy five k in the freezer at least, Vic and not not able to be touched. Okay, no, Victor is gonna bring it to the bank. So maybe Victor has investment plans with it, right? We yeah. gotta give him some credit. Okay, it's not staying in the freezer until college. Okay, I was about to really get on Victor for a second. Um. <laughs> So, I'm more interested in how Corey bought a barbershop than anything else in this episode. Like, who sold it to him? Who sold Yeah. Did he look around? How did he get it so quick? Um, did they have to run a credit check? Did he need a co-signer? Uh, how? How did he get this barbershop? Um <laughs> But, you know, we're not meant to ask this question. Mr. Michelle's rival just hated him so much. Yeah, he said. (laughs) He put, yeah, so Mr. Michelle's uh, rival went out of business, but said, you know what, Corey, I will give you my barbershop um, in exchange for 175K and you can work, like you can run it. Right. Um, Mr. Michelle... We finally, we finally meet him here, Ren. And he has a, he has a good energy. I actually really like, I, I like the actor. Um, I he like, fits. yeah, I, I like what's given to him uh, in terms of some of the physical comedy here. Uh, he comes in, he is upset about, Corey taking all of his customers right and so Corey at first without seeing him is like ah like who uh Corey is is not uh too threatened he's like oh like give him a lollipop and send him on his way 
and then he turns around and sees uh, big muscular Mr. Michelle. Who eats the lollipop stick and all. Love it. Very, very juicer-esque. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That cartoony, like live-action cartoon aspect that Cory in the House rarely plays on, but that's a Raven played on heavily. Uh, it's good to see her. I like that he, that when I say that I liked what they gave him in terms of his physical comedy, it was really that. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that a lot. So Mr. Michelle uh, like grabs, grabs Corey and is like, hey, you're not going anywhere. Corey does this like Scooby-Doo. Kid. What, do you, what do you say? You got good underpants, kid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he says that. <laughs> uh I I really don't. Uh, instead, uh, he he's like, "Are you Corey?" And Corey's like, "No," and he's like, "Oh well, I know that you are Corey because it's written in your underwear." Well, his mom wanted him to make sure he always knew it was his underwear at camp. Yeah, you're a you're a camp kid, right? Did you ever mix up your underwear with any of the other kids? Uh, no. All right. Keep it in your suitcase. I mean, if you, if you, so I never did like an all summer, mm-hmm. uh, summer camp. But for those kids who do, they definitely don't do their own laundry, right? Like, so I don't know. Maybe it's all it all goes in a bag. Maybe I think it's possible to mix up your underwear at camp. I guess that's a good point, right? Because I I don't think the kids are doing their own laundry. It probably goes in a bag, and then someone comes and takes it and puts in the washer and dryer. All right, so Mr. Michelle's being a little bit unreasonable here. He is, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't matter because Corey's about to be OOB. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oob. Oob. <laughs> Out of business. Uh, and he's going to call the police because the lollipops aren't up to code and Newt doesn't have a beautician's license. A rare moment of reality in mm-hmm. Corey in the house. Yes. This, this of all schemes is the one that gets stopped that gets stopped by real world logic foiled by the lack of beautician's license how could he how could Corey not foresee that need that newt needed formal education uh-huh. uh i do kind of uh, i'd be curious like newt going to beautician school what that would be like um newt in the school newt in the school yeah, i'm sure he'd actually be very pleasant right newt's uh, separated from the rest of the cast and crew here. I think he's on good footing. Yeah. On his own. Uh, he comes over, right? Corey uh, wants to keep the police out of this. And so Newt comes over. And he's like, I can't breathe with all this noise. Uh, that's when we get the rebranding. He's now Newt One, which. It's not a good. combination of Newt and Antoine. Yeah. It's uh, not. Uh... A weird, a weird, weird joke. Like, I don't even think the audience laughs. I don't think they do either. And they, it feels forced because they say it over and over here. Um, are you feeling insecure because your customers are saying I'm a better braider? Newt asks Mr. Michelle. Not in a way that's like cocky, but in a way that's like really innocent. And Mr. Michelle says, I could braid you under the table. And it's like, if you could do that, that'd be impressive. And I'm sure uh, your customers wouldn't be here. I sincerely doubt this man who has spent years 
dedicating his life to his craft could mm-hmm. be this white boy at braiding. Like, yeah. let's be real, it's Newt. Yes. Um, and and th- so that's the thing. Like, uh, the, the race aspect is part of this. The show it's doesn't... Inherent. Yeah, the, the, the show doesn't uh, mention it at all. Obviously, it doesn't. But, like, the storyline here uh, ends up being... So then uh, they, they get into uh, the idea of, all right, let's have a braid off. Whoever wins... Uh, if Newt wins, the store will stay open for the weekend, which is confusing uh, timeline-wise, but that's okay. Well, uh, that, and that's then... all the time Corey needs to make back his money. Okay. Uh, weekend and then we'll close. And then if they lose, they'll close instantly and Corey will sweep Mr. Michelle's uh, store with his with tongue. His tongue. Yeah. Awful. Uh, how long would that take? It isn't going to clean anything. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's the setup here. So they're gonna have a braid off, and the visual here that we get with it is a young white boy versing a uh, muscular black man uh, in a hair braiding competition. And we'll get to the result in a second, but uh, I have I take issue with just the visual of it all um, and how it's portrayed. So uh, we also, like, uh, after this whole competition's agreed upon, Newt has com, uh, com, uh, competophobia? Competophobia. Uh, which is the fear of competition. First I've heard about it. Mm-hmm. Me too. I, 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 Newt ran for class president, right? Yeah, he ran and he won, competing <laughs> against others and beating them. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> we watched the same show. Are there other? Uh, that's really the only instance I can think of him competing, right? Did we three do anything competition worthy? No, but like they've auditioned, right? Yeah, for that's the um, the library. So yeah, that does feel competitive as well. So, uh, but yeah, I, he's always had it, Ren. Um. All right. The next scene. This is the second scene of the B plot with Sophie and Tanisha. And boy, is it grueling. Uh, it's very long. They show up to the party. They look ridiculous. Yeah. They have like bedazzled suspenders. Um, their clothes are like brightly colored, tacky. Um, everyone's staring at them and laughing. And it all results in them doing a freeze dance and the joke is uh, when it comes time for them to freeze, they fall because they are on heels. They're high heels and they fall down. Um, Haley's mom here, she's like a force to be reckoned with. Right? She has a couple of lines. What'd you say? Do your parents know you're dressed like this? Yeah. So, that, so they fall over and that's the mom comes over right away to them. And she's like, do your parents know you're dressed like this? And they're like, not exactly. It's like, I'm going to need to have a word with them. Uh, so she says that, and then Haley, uh, it's her birthday party, says uh, to them that they look like hoochie mamas. Her word, not mine. Um, <laughs> God, just, yeah, that's something that is said in Corey in the house. You should only judge people behind their backs. Yeah, that's the lesson that Haley's mom then gives Haley. So we get a night. There's a lesson out of the B plot. That's good, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, one line from Haley's mom that I loved is when Haley asked to play in the moon bounce, moon bounce. And her mom says there is no moon bounce. The neighbors are renting it for termites. Yes. And, but she also says, she's like, she says again or something like that. Yeah, she says yeah. something that's applied. Haley's asked multiple times to go into the uh, tented termite tented house. Tented fumigated house. And mom keeps saying no. Yeah. Uh, Martinez is definitely going to get in trouble for this. The tabloids are going to have a field day. Daughter shows up, can't walk at a party, stumbling around in high heels. Um, yeah, it's not a good look. Uh, all right, the braid off. Ren, we're finally here. That's right, finally right. The- and we're joined by Dr. Rene Dijon. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need her here. Uh, right. This came so out of nowhere. They were really just inventing things. Yeah. So she's here. She's the, the beauty judge. She makes a joke about drinking coffee and she's going to need to go pee soon. Well, don't forget, she has to go back to her hot comb class. <laughs> uh, is, is she a parody of someone? No. <laughs> like, she's there's... not the Rene Dijon. Yeah, she is who she is yeah so she's weird uh she's here she's kind of snooty she's the judge of the braid off and uh this is fun so Ren, i have a question for you yes if you drop a penny off the empire state building or uh you have mina deliver her joke here which is to start the braid off uh she says ding and then pauses and says sorry we don't have a real bell um which one uh, hits the ground first the penny and i'm right underneath it so it impales my head okay yes um well i i um hold on what's a better way for me to say that let me set that one up because i feel like that fell flat and my i'm trying to say that nina's joke falls flat how can i do this how can you say that Mina's joke fell flat? Yeah, is there a creative way to say it? Like, uh, um... Flatlined, and then you can go... <laughs> no, that's cringy. <laughs> it's wicked cringy. Uh, so, falls flat. Um, <clears throat> so, okay, do you know what um, falls flat? Uh, do you know if Flat Stanley um, fell... <laughs> If Flat Stanley, Flat Stanley fell, fell uh, what, okay, what does Flat Stanley falling have to do with Mina's delivery of the joke? Ding. Sorry, we don't have a real bell. What do they have in common? They both fall flat. Boom. Done. Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that boy's squished by a bulletin board, Ren. What's like, his deal? Like, was he, was he born like that? No, I just I said he's, got it. he lives. He's alive. He's like seven or something. A bulletin board above his bed falls overnight and he wakes up flat. And like, you're supposed to bring him places, right? Well, I don't know. There's, I think that's, that's, a, that's a monetized spinoff. I don't know what goes on with that. But initially... It's like you give his life purpose. Yeah, I think so. It's like, now that you're flat, now you can travel the world and take pictures in front of the Grand Canyon and get posted to, like, a blog. Yeah. I always confused mm-hmm. Flat Stanley with George Shrinks. Um, I don't know about him. I, the name's familiar. Is it, like, a... Was it a cartoon? Yeah. 
Yeah. Hold on. You'll remember. Let me send you a picture. Yeah, it makes me think of Shrinky Dinks. If you know what that is. Yeah, Shrinky Dinks you could um, put in the oven and then they would shrink. Uh, it was like art. You would color in a picture and then put it in there and they'd get really small. But no, uh, George Shrinks, not super familiar with. Uh, uh, he was a small kid. Like he was like an inch or something. Okay. It was like, was it a book series? Cartoon. It's a, it's this animated series. Okay. No, it's familiar. Yes. You, I've know, seen you this. know this kid. The sister. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is Brayson rented George Shrinks in the house. <laughs> this could be good. Oh my gosh, Ren. I am just flooded with nostalgia. He had like this, the, like the big baby. Um, <laughs> are you looking at pictures with me? I am. He's like, I'm looking at a picture of George Shrinks, who is, uh, like you said, he's like an inch tall. And he's next to like his baby brother. And if I recall, his baby brother used to like toss him around. Um, like absolutely toss him. Harold Shrinks Jr. Yes. Is that his name? Yeah. Wow. Well, um, our Instagram. We'll put a picture of George Shrinks up on our Insta. Our Sweet. first uh, <laughs> picture. Um, all right. So what were we, uh, I don't know what we were saying. We were very off topic. The penny. Yeah, okay. Mina's joke falls flat. Yes, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so the braid off happens. Uh, immediately... Corey is like, okay, so we're not going to tell Newt that it's a competition so he won't get stressed, right? Yeah, but, we can win this thing. Yeah, plan goes south when Corey screams, let's win this, right next I, to Newt. Like, <laughs> Corey in the House is a very poorly written show, mm -hmm. but rarely does it irritate me mm -hmm. so viscerally. Because yes. this is just stupid writing. And it, Ten seconds later, Corey goes from, we can't let Newt know, ten seconds later to, let's win this thing. What? It's not respecting my intelligence anymore. It isn't. No. Uh, and so Newt's fingers curl. They like shrivel up. Like in um. So back back to the future. When uh, Marty starts to disappear yeah. while he's playing guitar, and his like fingers start to like faint. Uh, he's like looking at them, and there. That's what happens to Newt. Pretty much. Uh, apparently at the fifth grade spelling bee, li uh, Newt's lips locked up for a week. He got so like nervous. He couldn't eat or drink anything. He almost died. <laughs> it's too much pressure. <laughs> it's too much. Um, luckily, Mina, our local Bahavian, has an old Bahavian remedy. She shouts right. physical <laughs> abuse. She shows ishkitty boppity boo and then steps on Newt's foot. Stomps on Newt's foot. <laughs> There's like a sound effect implanted. It's like a crack. Um, and Newt's fingers uncurl. And now Newt fears Mina more than competition. So why have this in the first place? Because. This whole Newt afraid of competition thing. Kids love Bahavia jokes. It was it just so... Do we think the joke came first of like, hey, we want Mina to, sh to say something Bahavian and then step on Newt's foot, but how do we work this into the episode? I think they, that's they, too advanced a thought for the Corey yeah, okay. writers to humor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there are too many moving parts here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
then the competition happens. We get a montage, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. And we get the end results here. Mr. Uh, Mr. Michelle uh-huh. made a helicopter. It's practical? N- no. No, it looks like a helicopter uh, made with hair. I think pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, but is it as cool as a birdcage made of hair? The, the birdcage everyone hates for some reason? I thought it was pretty, like, pretty impressive on a conceptual level. Yeah, I thought so too. But no, everyone was like, a birdcage, that's it? I don't, I don't know what makes the birdcage any worse than the helicopter. Um, yeah, I don't, like, the helicopter is moving, right? It has that um, mechanical aspect to it. It's really cool uh, and, like, it's kinesthetically pleasing to see the, uh, like, twirly spinning. Mm-hmm. The birdcage is stagnant on its own. So I think maybe that's the argument here. But... Newt opens up the door and whistles uh, like a straight out of like a Disney cartoon. A bird flies in and goes into the girl's birdcaged hair. What if the bird got scared and just started pooping? That was I my mean, first thought. What, like, in, then I don't know. Yeah, that'd be horrible. Then or, a bird on top of someone's head like that? Yeah. I didn't think about the practicality or the impracticality. Newt could have easily lost, even worse, if that if nature just called. Yeah, no, it's not not good. And how long is the bird in there? Is it just for show for now well, and then? It's also a feral bird and not the <laughs> bird Newt meant to call. Yeah, the bird. stranger bird. Mm-hmm. It's gonna have bird rabies. Yeah, she could have a uh, bird flu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be. Yeah, <laughs> it's not good. And um, it wins. That's right, Newt won. In, in the end, the white man beats out the black man in the breeding competition, right? Mr. Michelle never stood a chance. The power of friendship was always on Newt's side. Uh, and, you know, lucky for them, they'll go ahead and spend at least until the weekend making sure that Mr. Michelle doesn't have any customers. Uh, and that's... Happy for everyone. <laughs> it all worked out, I guess. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Like, never mind. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> I'm not even gonna write. I already talked about it. I already, I already went off about it. So I don't need to say it. But, um, Sophie is punished for the Tiffany, uh, the Tiffany Star clothing, and now she has to polish silver. A very Corey-esque punishment. Mm-hmm. It is Corey walks in, sees Sophie doing it, and is like, ha, you got caught. Like, I had the wildest scheme this week, and I didn't get caught. Um, and now he... Enter Victor. <laughs> yeah, Victor comes in behind him. Sophie's like, really? Tell me everything. So Corey tells everything, tells, all, tells it all. And Corey, without looking to see Victor, is like, oh, my daddy's right behind me. It starts polishing. And then for a brief moment, he's like, ah, oh, he's not even here. And then he turns and sees Victor. And then he's like, oh, back to polishing. I actually liked this uh, closing. And I'm very disappointed it was attached to this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they could have done it really in any episode. Yeah, it, it's, it's a nice moment between Corey and Sophie. Yeah. It shows that Sophie's becoming a Corey-esque character in her own right. 
Victor's always great in this kind of like straight man role. Mm -hmm. But again, it's attached to this mess of an episode. (laughs) All right. Uh, That's it. That's the episode. And scene. Done with uh, that. So, are there any roses here, Ren? Ah, Victor was on fire tonight, I thought. Oh, Newton? Pretty much everything out of his mouth had me laughing. Mm -hmm. I thought it was good. We didn't really talk too much about it, but he has a a nice conversation, not a nice nice conversation, but funny conversation regarding the celebrity gossip magazine as well um, with Sophie and Tanisha. So, yeah, I agree with that. He he was on fire here. Uh, I would give him the rose. In terms of the bud... Something I would like to see more of. Uh, Haley. She's an interesting character. Haley wants to just go into the fumigated house, Ren. That's all she wants to do. Sounds like another character on our show who just wants to go and get a ton of flu shots. <laughs> right? She I think Sophie's Newt. Yeah, they're cut from the same cloth, those two. So, I love Newt. I uh, didn't really love him here, but I was disappointed. At least we got Haley. So I wouldn't mind more Haley. We've already seen her. This is her third appearance now. Yeah. We have a few episodes left. I wouldn't mind her showing up. Um, any thorns? Corey was pissing me off more than usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, why is that, Ren? Ah, uh, just. So I thought it was actually off to a pretty good start with this conversation with Victor in the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. I felt a very That's So Raven chemistry between them. Yeah, so I was hoping for that vibe to carry through the whole episode. But Corey just makes idiotic decision after, this, after decision. He exploits his best friend without being punished for it. It's, I, I, I just don't know what the show is trying to say or do with Corey anymore. Is it making me mad? No, yeah, they... I don't think they they really do know what to do with them. Um, they in this episode they were like, oh, "What does Corey do again? Oh, he's into money and businesses." So let's do another episode about money and businesses with him. Um, but it wasn't fun. Yeah, it was like you said, him monetizing on his friend. Uh, there's so little consequences for what he does too. Right, there's no lesson here. There is no lesson. Corey gets a Corey not only gets away with everything, his he's kind of like champion for it. It's treated as if he did the right thing. New yeah. His only punishment is that he has to polish some silver with Sophie. Yeah. If like if anything, after watching this episode, like Mr. Michelle is the sympathetic character. Uh, yeah. In my opinion, what'd you say? He's losing his business. Yeah. So, like, I have sympathy for him. Is that right? I would say... Am I using that right? Yeah, you're sympathetic. Yeah. Um, sorry, I thought you were saying, like, uh, like he's losing his business, as in, like, he's not sympathetic. No. And I was like, what? No, Um. yeah, so that that's how I feel. Like, he is... Mr. Michelle, like, that's the only character in this episode who I was, like... Like, his story is one that I care about. Um, like, he's doing the right thing. He's here to stop a child from running him out of business by breaking all these laws. 
Um, yeah. <sighs> if only he went to the police and didn't have to do a braiding contest. He fell for their games. He did. Um, yeah, I, I think my thorn is like, I mean, I, I had a lot of issues with the episode. Um, the way the B plot is introduced to us is messy. Uh, all the, the like, mishandling of identities and racial stereotypes uh, was not fun for me at all. Uh, so it, just a, a lot to be pretty meh about here a lot that i was not happy with uh and overall even with all of that um taken out the episode was not one that was funny no not particularly so all right and then so we have all that ren uh any reviews this week what do people think about this episode we have two tonight and they are not positive oh okay all right. Our first one is by Zacharias Timms, who gave the episode a 2.5. Uh, the title, Corey in the House looked to be worth of its predecessor, That's So Raven. Kyle Massey, Rondell Sheridan, Lisa Arch, Jean Dequino as the president, and Madison Pettis as the president's daughter were a talented group. It lasted less than one season, sadly. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's the review. Uh, the majority of this episode and the main plot had the typical light fun that Kyle Massey's character, Corey Baxter, as a comic original brought. Yet, Corey's two Washington, D.C. aristocratic friends, Nude and Mina, from the mysterious land of Bahavia, are fine as supporting roles. In this episode, you can expect Mina to make a yak pun and Newt to be his... Ah. And Newt being his fruity self. This time, he is suckered into a braid-off... This episode's side plot featuring one of the real stars of the failed series, Madison Pettis, puts its producers in disdain. Here, Pettis' characters Sophie and friend are inspired to wear an uncommon look for them at a birthday party. The hypocrisy of Disney is bright as lightning in this part of the episode, though this look was no different from some of Miley's in Hannah Montana or Gomez's in Wizards, Sophie and her friend are humiliated and scolded in the scene. The two stand alone and awkward in high heels as the other children view them with contempt and playground prejudice. Mother by her side, the birthday girl, calls the pair hoochie mamas. Nice, Mr. Disney. One message in this episode is that you will get background laughter whenever you call others names for how they might be dressed. This person referred to Newt as fruity earlier. Another is that it is okay for kids to be gawked at and stared at and isolated at a party if they don't look like the others. Here's my alternate scene. They say, let's blow this birthday party marching away on high heels. My mouth is wide open. This was the what? insane read. It's nice like one, Mr. Disney. <laughs> nice, Mr. Disney. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I want to take that phrase, put it in my back pocket and save it for a rainy day uh, as we finish our conversation on Cory in the House. I'm sure there'll be other times that we can say nice, Mr. Disney. Um, uh, but... worth pointing out Zacharias Tim's account has since been banned <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay and please tell me is, uh, is VG Freak 8 here to clean up this mess yes he is Okay. Go. Uh, the title of his review is dumb <laughs> episode got a 5.5 5. 
Newt's hidden talent is braiding people's hair. Corey gets an inheritance from a distant relative. He uses it to start a business for Newt to braid hair. Things get get ugly when a fellow braider wants them to go out of business. They have a braiding competition. Newt wins. Sophie wants to wear inappropriate clothing to a party. This was a dumb episode. It was really pointless and cheesy. I don't really know why I watched this show, but I do. I did, however, like the positive message on modesty with Sophie. This episode gets a 5.5 out of 10 from me. I like the existential crisis VG Freak 8 is starting to have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... They've watched every episode of Corey in the house, um, haven't they? But they haven't uh, been able to podcast about it. They've just had to write it up on TV.com and move on to the next. I'm pretty sure they don't make it to the end of the series. Wow. <laughs> they fall off soon. I don't know, Ren. Maybe you and I uh, won't make it either. Bryce, we have six episodes left. I know. We're I so know. close. We gotta. Uh, okay. President Martinez here. Uh, so we were just, you know, thinking about our B plot. Uh, is there any, I'm trying to anything with our A plot. I mean, potentially that gets out. Corey's at it again. This pop-up braiding business. Um, White House chef's son buys barbershop over weekend, puts out beloved Mr. Michelle. Yeah. So... possible that comes up um the birthday party thing probably gets out um definitely gets out you think uh Haley's mom isn't gonna talk with her friends yeah well because so to address the point what is Zacharias Tim Zacharias Tim said about the hypocrisy of Disney uh having Miley Cyrus and um Selena Gomez uh dressing similarly I mean I I haven't watched either of their shows in quite some time other than that the single episode of Hannah Montana I watched related to Corey in the house um I mean the the outfits are over the top but they're also like older right um they're they're meant to be teenagers in their shows um and these these girls are like meant to be I think elementary school like seven or eight um so just throwing that out there um so martinez is where is he he's at a solid 180 negative 180 yeah for this um not his biggest drop but maybe like 190 i'd say 190 is fair yeah um (laughs) keep in mind like sorry red i need to um Hold on, let's let's do this. I have something to say after um, we read the episode. Uh, what is this episode called? Uh, Making the Braid. Okay. And what would we rate the episode overall? I am going to give this episode of Corey in the House a two and a half. Yeah. Not only uh, tactless, it was boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am also feeling the two and a half as well. Uh, I I was thinking the same rating um, before Zacharias Tim gave it that as well. But yeah, that 2.5 is really sounding good with how this episode was. 
So overall, I mean, season two has been pretty pretty low. I know. The past few it, weeks. It uh it had some highs, but mm-hmm. uh I really think we should just settle in for the worst. Rocky finish. Um so something I wanted to say, Ren. Mm-hmm. I had this thought about midweek. Gotta bring it up. Last week's episode, Uninvited Pest. Yeah. I don't think we did the skeleton chair justice. <laughs> like we literally had a moment on this show in which um, young child Stanley was um, Stanley. Stanley. Yeah, young child um, Stanley. Are you sure it's Stanley? It's definitely Stanley. Okay, I don't know why that doesn't feel right. All right, so young child Stanley is chased around a garden at the White House by a, a skeleton on a remote control, like uh, chair. What? I I feel like there was just we there was just so much else wrong with the episode that when we there was that point we didn't have the energy. No, exactly. Like I, I feel like you and I had talked talked about the episode so much, but like it's, it's his whole thing. Like I'm scared of bones. Like it's, it's wacky. Or really, really, hand. really strange. Really funny. Um, bizarre. And I think one of the better absurd moments that Cory in the House, at least Cory in the House season two, has given us, uh, where it still kind of makes sense in the context of the episode. I think it's like the ending scene of this episode. I wish it was attached to a better episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it just wasn't. We got us all admitted last week of Stanley farting in Cory's bed. That soured me on the episode <laughs> so bad. I do not like when the show attempts fart jokes. No. It is already appealing to the lowest common denominator. Does it need to sink any lower? <laughs> so speaking of sinking lower, Ren, we're going to watch another episode of Cory in the House next week. Um, we, we're going to watch uh, Season 2, Episode 9, Model Behavior. And that sh- it should be a good time. Maybe. Maybe. I'll enjoy talking to you about it. I will too, Bryce. Because at least that. That's always the bright spot, right? So, uh, anything else that we want to say this week, Ren? Uh, next week's episode is directed by David Kendall, who also directed the film Dirty Deeds. Is that a sequel to Mr. Deeds? It is not. It only made $146,000 at the box office. Okay. Uh, so, mom. we don't, don't have some high expectations going into model behavior, but that's okay. We'll get through it. We will get through it. So, I hope so. Uh, so with that, then, thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, thanks for, um, oh, I didn't mention, but we got people um, write reviews on our Facebook page for our podcast. So that was super appreciative, appreciated. Um, so thank you. I think Jacob wrote one. Um, we also had Jason Dolly fan wrote on our Apple podcast page as well. Yes, I saw. Um, gave us a five-star rating. So we appreciate that uh, and any support that you have there. Uh, thanks so much for listening and being part of the community. Have fun at the uh, Christy Carlson Romano Activities Fair. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bryson Randy minds an electric guitar.
is her more iconic role Kim Possible or Ren Stevens? I'd say Kim Possible. Everyone knows Kim Possible. Yes, but not everyone knows she's Kim Possible. Yeah, but not everyone knows she's Ren Stevens. I mean, when you're yeah, what what do you mean? If you're an actress, even Stevens and Kim Possible are not on the same level of popularity. You think Kim Possible was way more popular than even Stevens? Absolutely. I feel like even Stevens is a more niche show. They both got a movie on Disney Channel. Uh, Kim Possible got two movies. Uh, the live action one doesn't count. And it got two animated movies. It got two? It has a Stitch in Time and then it has the series finale. I think Stitch in Time is a special. I don't think it counts. I'm pretty sure it's like a two part special. Um. Uh. Okay, you want to check? I am. Made for TV animated film. Uh, and so the drama is the second one. 2003 film. See, there are two of them. Kim Possible readings versus even Stevens. I'm sure it's not even comparable. Um, Kim Possible. I'm on the Wikipedia for Kim Possible. We'll see what they say for ratings. Uh, reception. Legacy. Legacy. What is a legacy? Is it just a leg I see? <laughs> Styles and themes broadcast. Lilo and Stitch crossover. I don't I don't know, Ren. I I'm trying to find it. I completely disagree. Bryce, I would put good money. That impossible is considerably more popular than even Stevens. I don't even think it's up for debate, to be completely honest. <laughs> How is it not? Because even they both aired for three years in the early 2000s and maintained no cultural impact. Everyone knows, everyone, everyone knows Shia LaBeouf. Everyone knows Shia LaBeouf, but because he's Shia LaBeouf, the fact, was, even Stevens. the fact it was on Even Stevens is like a little oddity, like how Neil Patrick ha- Harris was Dookie Hauser. Mm. <clears throat> I'm um, telling you, Kim. Let's let's put it to a vote. A let's vote, ask, ask which had better vote. ratings, even Stevens or Kim Possible? What's more popular? Let's ask on Twitter. Even Stevens or Kim Possible? Um. What if I look up? I can find their uh, their movie premiere ratings. Kim Possible definitely would have been higher. Hold on, Kim Possible. So the drama ratings. Uh, IMDb won't tell me, but Wikipedia will. The Even Stevens movie has a forty on Rotten Tomatoes. I doesn't doesn't matter. <laughs> but we're not talking about which was better. I'm just letting you know. Um. Uh, why is there nothing on Kim Possible ratings? You know why? Because no one watched it. That's why. No one watched it. No one logged the ratings. Uh, Let's look at IMDb reviews of even Stevens versus IMDb reviews. It's not a matter of which is better, Ren. I already said that. How many there are. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Kim Possible has 24,423. Even Stevens has 13,744. If it's any consolation to you, 
Even Stevens has a 7.6, while Kim Possible has a 7.2. I'm so annoyed right now. <laughs> so the Kim Possible, so the, I don't know why I can't find the ratings for this movie. Wikipedia.com. I don't think it'll Do you happen. think there's a, is there Disney Channel original movie ratings? List of Disney Channel movies. I wonder if this will have them. Oh, ratings millions. Okay, let's get it. Um, Even Stevens had 5.1 million viewers on it. Yes. Uh, Kim Possible happened when? Why can't I find it? had 4.5 million. Oh! Oh! Wow. So, I'm surprised. I'm not. Everyone knows Even Stevens. I really think you're overestimating the popularity of Even Stevens. I mean, I'm not saying it was the most popular thing. It wasn't Lizzie McGuire. I also think you're overestimating the popularity of Lizzie McGuire. Excuse- no, Lizzie McGuire got an in-theater release, Ren. Oh, let's see. Let's see how it did in theaters. Because... Even so, even Stevens had five point one. Um, I'm just seeing if uh, the first Kim Possible movie is on here. I couldn't find it. No. Yeah, Lizzie, the Lizzie McGuire movie was like a hit. It made five fifty five million dollars on a seventeen on a seventeen million dollar budget. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I mean, Lizzie McGuire was so popular when they were gonna bring it back. Literally everything gets brought back today. That's not a sign of popularity anymore. But they go for the popular things first. And where right. are we now? What do you mean, where are we All now? All popular things have been done. Yeah, so now that's why... Now we're on uh, the Lizzie McGuire tier. No, well, what other popular Disney, Disney Channel tier? shows had a remake? <laughs> they did Girl Meets World. Like, massive, right? I don't know. Girl Meets World wasn't massive, but Boy Meets World was. That's why they brought it back. That's a Raven. They did Raven's Home. Big. So, yeah, you're right. Now we're on to the next tier. Um, okay. I, you Kim Possible had the movie. Right? Is that where you're going with this? The live action movie? Even Stevens, no one has talked about? No, I wasn't actually going to bring it. I completely forgot the... Uh... Hmm. Impossible had a live action movie recently. I'm still trying to find ratings for a sitch in time. Yeah, so um even Stevens, uh I like if I post something on Twitter, it'll be all about what had the people will just vote what their favorite was. I mean, is that not the point? To judge it's a popularity contest. We're seeing which one's more popular. Okay. And you know what? They're going to tell they're going to tell us that well it's uh, it's I popular versus popular. good. You know and like, understand that Kim Possible is the more popular of the No, two. no, no. Kim Possible is the better one. Kim Possible no. is not the more popular. Right. So, well, why I don't understand the fight you're you're trying like, here. Cuz Kim Possible was an animated series. The live action stuff was where like that's that's where the the meat of Disney Channel was. I but I don't think so. By that era, Disney Channel was 
Kim Possible was one of its like defining shows, though, mm-hmm. more so than even Stevens. Kim Possible was synonymous with Disney Channel in the mid two thousands. What's the sitch, Wade? <laughs> it was. I uh... cannot find ratings on the movie at all. Because hmm. it's not a real movie. It aired on November twenty eighth, two thousand three. So am I just saying Kim Possible or even Stevens? Yeah. In any context? Yeah. Which yes context? Uh which one do you which one is more popular? <laughs> which one is more popular? Kim Possible even Stevens. Alright, we'll see what the people of Twitter have to say. <laughs> <laughs> 